Let's open the word of the Lord once again to Philippians chapter 4. Last week I started talking a couple of minutes about the dual fuel of the faith life. And it's very apparent that we have entered into a season of warfare. Um, it's a season of spiritual warfare. There is also natural warfare <clears throat> in different parts of the world right now. But anything that you see in the natural, there is a corresponding fight in the spiritual. And the parent of the natural is the spiritual. So if you see anything manifesting itself in the natural, it's because it's already been, being fought in the spiritual. So make no mistakes about it. We are in a spiritual war, and it'll continue to manifest itself in the natural. So we need to allow our warrior side to come out. Amen. And we need to battle the war where it needs to be battled in prayer, uh, the fight of faith, um, our character, our nature. Uh, we have to be present today. When the general says we need everybody on deck, uh, you can't hide. Everybody, you know, runs from their barracks and they're in place and they stand that attention. Yes, sir, what is it that we need to do? What is the next assignment, right? And that's where we're at right now. Many people are lost, they're dying, they're confused, they don't know what in the world's going on. We are overly informed. There's too much information out there. And very little, very little of it coming from the anchored Word of God. A lot of it is coming from nonsense, from people that are, I'm talking about, they, they make seven journeys around Jupiter every single week. You know, people that are out there, and yet many times they're being listened to. But not you. You need to be anchored in the Word of God. Amen? So we read last week, it says Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, Paul was saying, for I have learned in whatever state I'm at to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So say that with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So in the context, he was strengthened in the good times. He was strengthened in the difficult times. Interesting that God didn't shield him from the difficult times. He strengthened him so that he can go through the difficult times and come out with a testimony. Because every time you go through a test, you come out with a testimony. Praise God. So Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, we depend upon you totally. I ask that you would uh, speak through my lips think through my mind, Lord, and I pray that you open up the eyes of all of our understanding, that we might see what you are saying to the church today. Thank you, Father, for hearing ears and seeing eyes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of God. Last week I shared um, a Rick Warren quote, which is very apropos to what we're uh, sharing uh, in this series. He said, I used to think that life was hills and valleys, you go through a dark time, then you go to a mountaintop. And he said, I don't believe in that anymore. Rather than life being hills and valleys, I believe it's kind of two rails on a railroad track. At times you have something good and something bad at the same time in your life. And as a pastor, uh, I was sharing to you last week, for those of you that were here, that it's amazing. I can have 20 things that make me happy, but invariably there's always something that's making me sad all at the same time. Yeah. Amazing. We walk around with happy hearts and sad hearts and broken hearts all at the same time. So we learn how to be able to deal with these, these dual fights of our faith, these, these dual things that stir us on. 
And he said this, he said, no matter how good things are in life, there's always something bad that needs to be worked on. No matter how bad things are in life, there's always something good that you can thank God for. You can focus on your purpose or you could focus on your problems. If you focus on your problem, you're always going to get into self-centeredness. Me, me, me. It, it, my problem, my issues, my pain. But one of the easiest ways to get rid of pain is to get your focus off yourself and onto God and others. When we serve others, something happens on the inside. The joy of the Lord comes forth. The anointing of God that is unique to us, it's, it's special. In us, it starts coming forth and it heals you at the same time that you're helping to heal others. I also shared that in Ephesians chapter 6 last week, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. One of the words for the year 2013 is this, be strong in the Lord. We're going to have to be strong in the Lord because everything is moving, everything is shifting, everything is shaking. Whatever can be shaken will be shaken in the year 2013 and 2014. It is an established fact that some of the storms um, and the earthquakes that have hit here in the, the, the year 2010, 2011, 2012 have even helped to shift the earth where we even lost a minute or so. And this is not going to stop happening. Things are going to continue to accelerate. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm just saying that things are, are shaking and, and God is, is shaking things. You see, and, and, and we think that things are going to remain the same all the time. No. The only constant in life is change. We don't want things to change, especially when we got them just right. This is the way I want it. You, you, you ever made a dinner and it's just perfect. And the next time you try to duplicate it, and you can't. You go to a restaurant, and the meal is perfect. Next time you come back, something went wrong. Uh, excuse me, is it the same cook? <laughs> or did you fire the cook? <laughs> because this is not what I had last time. Does that happen to anybody? It happened to me. I mean, the only constant in life is change. And we have to get used to that. But one thing is a constant is as we're anchored in God, He will give us strength. As we are bound and connected to the vine, we receive strength. Now, I love this about the vine because all the branches that are connected to the vine, they're getting the same life. They're getting the same sap. They're getting the same juice. They're getting the same blood. But yet every branch looks different. Every branch does something a little different. It bears fruit, but some bears two fruit, three fruit, one fruit. But it doesn't make a difference. They're all connected and they're all given the way they were created to give. It all has to do with relationship. And in this season, another word for the year 2013 is, you ready for it? Relationship. Those who are not in relationship with Almighty God and with the body, those are lone rangers. And you know what Lone Rangers, uh, what happens to Lone Rangers during times of war? They get picked off. I got no amens on that. We're in the FB age. We're in the tweet age. I don't have to know anybody, but yet I have 5,000 friends. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, and they're bold, man. We say some nasty things there, but, you know, meanwhile, who's that? Oh, oh crazy man, uh, you know, of the Bronx or something like that. But nobody knows you. You're not really, you, we, we, we're this, I mean, this long in friends, but that's shallow in relationship. 
I wish I had a video camera showing me that because it's just, you, you need to see this to get the, the oomph of what I just said. We can be a mile wide in friendship, but an inch thick or an inch deep in real relationship. And that's no good. That does not work. Any tree that only has one inch worth of root will fall the minute a wind comes. Forget a storm, just a wind. Forget about a storm. It wouldn't survive a storm. Trees know better. They dig deep. And we, in the year 2013, have to understand relationship with Almighty God and relationship and being in your place in the body of Christ. That's going to be paramount to your health. If all you eat is cheeseburgers, Big Macs, in a couple of years, you're going to be diabetic, high blood pressure, and, you know, weak, and, you know, falling apart. You need to have a healthy diet. You need to have some heart attack city. You need to have fruits and vegetables and, 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 and water. Yeah, water. Forget them sodas. Oh, serious. You got to get out of those sodas. Those sodas are the worst things in the world for you. They're finally realizing that. Sodas is just like gossip and murmuring and what else? And, get, and, and getting your, your faith from internet. <laughs> That's what that is, man. Yeah, that, the high fructose corn syrup will mess you up quicker than anything will. Learn to drink water. Yeah, but pass, I've been drinking that Coke for 50 years. Well, let the 51st year be water from now on. Hallelujah. So we're strong in the Lord. Say to your neighbor, we need to be strong in the Lord. Then I shared some verses, you know, about the way we should be thinking in this day. We should become word rich. Word rich. We should be memorizing verses that, that are going to strengthen our faith every day because you're in a fight. And you're going to have to become prayer warriors all by yourself in your home. Join with the body. Uh, join with your local church. Get, a, get as much prayer in as possible, mu as much relationship. Do what Jesus did. Go to the mountain. Spend some quality time every day with the Lord. What's your mountain? Might be taking a walk. Might be at lunch. You go to a room or maybe with a group of people in your, your job. Pray together. Might be in the evening time. Uh, prayer altar with your family. Whatever it may be, you need to get to that mountain and, and have a daily dialogue and, and hearing the Lord daily. And, and, and you hear the Lord by, by filling yourself with His Word. John 10.10, 10, He came to give me life and life in abundance. James 4.2, the reason why we don't have is because we don't ask or we ask wrong. Philippians 4.19, He supplies all of our need according to His riches in glory. Proverbs 3.6, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Psalms 1.3, in all that He does, He prospers. He's talking about the righteous, talking about um, how God wants to bless us and He wants to bless through us. 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Now, what does always mean? You might go through a fight, but you're going to come out on top. It's just what it means. So, part number two, I wanted to let you know, and you know this already in your heart. And I want you to understand it on a practical level. And that is, we know that this nation has already shifted in practice. It has shifted and it has been stirred in the spirit level for some time. But now we're seeing it on a practical level. We have, a, as a nation, we've transitioned from what our forefathers fought. And now today we are truly becoming an entitlement society. Before, there were no guarantees. You went, you cultivated your land... 
you wanted 10 tomato trees, you cultivated 10 tomatoes, you wanted 100, and so on and so forth. You made your future. Today, we are more and more coming to a place by design, by, um, by learning from others, by experience, that the government is our answer. And that's a very dangerous thing. Because sooner or later, you will understand that the government is limited. Right now, in practice, we're seeing that happen in Greece. We're seeing it in Portugal. The other day, the police officers who were holding the throngs, who were coming to complain that uh, the pensions had stopped, suddenly the cops themselves stopped and they went with the crowd and they also started arguing and fighting with the government. Because they didn't realize, they, they, they were somehow duped into thinking, this is forever money. No, it's not forever money. It can stop. One day, the other day, uh, this lady, uh, I don't know where she was, either from the city uh, or in another place, uh, the, the TV or the news was showing her a special situation. Uh, they now give cards. And these cards are good for struggling families, for single mothers, and she was a single mother. And she went to the, to the store and made a nice uh, monthly purchase the way she normally does. And then she's frugal. She takes care of it. Um, she watches her dollar. And when she went to pay, something happened. Her friendly government forgot. Or some glitch happened electronically. There was no money in the card. You know how embarrassing that was for her? So she went and she fought back and forth and nothing Back and forth, she fought for several weeks. Finally, she had to go to, uh, I think it was Eyewitness News or one of these others. Um, I, think, I forgot which one it was, either that or number four, Channel 4. And in the process, of, they get involved, and finally they speak to the right person who was able to restart that. So that was just a glitch. What happens if it stops? What is she going to do? You see my point? And the point is, the nation is shifting into this type of thinking. And the problem is that our government right now owes more and more and more and more. How much is, is right now the debt ceiling? We owe now six, 16, about 16.2, 16.3 trillion. Are you aware what a trillion is? It's a joke. That's so much money. You, you can't, you don't know what a trillion is. That's, that's crazy. That's, uh, what is it, a, a billion billion? And that's just the debt. You, you're not getting it. <clears throat> How many of you have credit cards here? All right. You pay, let's say you owe $3,000. You pay, let's say they tell you you have to pay, what, $120 every month. Are you aware that if you pay the $120 every month, you'll never finish? Because that's not actually what you owe. Is that including the 13% interest, 14% interest, and in many cases, 24% interest? Finance charges, you'll pay those things forever. And it's designed that way to keep you in debt. Now, are you ready? The 16.3 trillion, that's the finance charge. No. Our unfunded liabilities on this nation are over $140 trillion right now. Because it includes Section 8, it includes retirement benefits, it includes all our government pension people and the ones that are on there going to be pensioned, Medicaid, Medicare, see? So what's happening is that continues to grow. And watch this, more and more, and more people are retiring 
Because us young, uh, what, what do you call the baby boomers? Yeah. We're starting to retire now. So we want our stuff too. So more of us are going to have somebody said, amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, listen, I would love to do that also. But here's the problem. We're retiring unless people are replacing it to pay the tax, to pay for us. So it's a Ponzi scheme, as it were, because after a while, there's not enough people putting in and there's too much going out. I bet you they're not telling you that in Channel 7 Eyewitness News. So this is why my generation, the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, we can't depend on that. We have to start hearing God. There has to be other ways because it's not going to be, it, it, it might not be, not in the way it is today. And this is part of the fight that the Republicans and the Democrats are having in agreeing with how much to get away with, put away, uh, lessen, and they can't make up their minds as to what they're going to do. Anybody heard about uh, the, what do you call that again? The, the, the fiscal cliff? That's right around the corner. They can't come to an agreement. So you know what's going to happen? This is what I predict. Come December 31st, they're not going to agree. So what they're going to do is they're going to just agree to extend it maybe two months, six months, and kick the can down the road for another six months to a year. And that's going to, what they're going to do. They're going to raise the debt ceiling. The feds are going to throw more funny money into it. And our dollar is going to be worse, worth less and less and less. So the nation has already shifted into this type of thinking. So it's just a matter of time that we have to endure what they're enduring in Greece, what they're enduring in Portugal, what they are enduring in, uh, well, the, the other EU nations, basically. So what do you do in a situation like that? I'm getting no amens right now. That's the most terrible message passed for every breach. No, no, I'm just giving you some advance notice because they're not telling you this. Woe to me if I don't tell you. I want you to be prepared. I want you to start thinking not like they want you to think. Some of us are taking our car and we're going to load it up again for Christmas. Meanwhile, that's not our money. If we don't understand, I need a break. I need to go out there. Okay, window shop. You don't have to go, oh, nice, here's the card. Oh, beautiful, here's the card. Meanwhile, come January, nobody cares about what you bought anymore it's satisfied an emotional thing but that's dangerous because come february march april the same company said you deserve a break today it's the same company i'm gonna put you in prison today so christians need to get smart and we need to start becoming investors investing in the right things that are going to birth that are going to give us fruit amen i got five amens now okay i'm, I'm on the i'm on the right Minister Mickey, I don't know, man. You might have to finish this for me. But I don't want... That's not where I'm going. I'm just giving you this so you could be aware. People don't get into debt. Because the ones that are in debt, they're the ones that are going to be struggling later on. You have something... You know what, the, uh, what God said is a very wise animal? Wow. Hey. Excellent. The ant. Why? Because the ant is thinking winter all summer long. The ant is sinking summer all winter long. They think in advance. Let me, let me, let me go even simpler. They think. <laughs> Most of us are not thinking. We're letting others think for us. Ay, ay, ay. Dios mío. 
And here's my concern. I don't blame the world for being the world. I don't blame the unregenerate for acting unregenerate. I don't blame them for that. But the church, God, opened up our eyes. Let us see. Many Christian groups themselves are fighting for their slice of the pie. But they also have been beguiled by the enemy. And they stopped seeking the Lord for wisdom and help. Now they're seeking government, groups, special interests, things of that nature. Others are, 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 are fighting, but they're only fighting for comfort. We're not fighting that there would be a move of God. We're not fighting that the Spirit of God would open up their eyes. We're fighting for comfort. No, 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 no. I'm not going to accept this anymore. You know, our lifestyle is changing. Yeah. Get ready for it. The year 2013, 2014, and most likely even 2015, it's going to be difficult. Some austerity is going to be felt by all of us. Amen. But you know, honestly, I thank God. On one, on one hand, I was never a real rich guy anyway. I never experienced that. So I won't miss it. Man, they're going to take away my limo. I never had a limo. <laughs> They're going to take away my house in Malibu. Uh, I have an apartment in Harlem. So, you, know. you, you understand my point? So at least in that sense, I won't miss it as much as they will. But make no mistake about it, we're going to miss some stuff. I might not be able to go to the movies like I used to. I might have to go red box. Netflix. I might have to go $8 a month Netflix. I might not be able to have my super califragic espialidocious phone that does everything. My phone even brushes my teeth. I might have to cut down a bit and just have one that I can make calls with. We're going to have to cut back. The bottom line is stop fighting for comfort. Let's fight for souls. Let's fight that the people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's fight so that the people can hear what the Lord is saying in this day. The days of the old USA, the days of that time of prosperity and the prosperity preaching, all of that is gone. It's an echo of something that doesn't work anymore. Nobody wants to fight anymore. We don't want a war. We don't want to tighten our belts. We don't want to take responsibility for our debt. We want to blame somebody else. Matter of fact, we always blame somebody else. The banks, government, people, the Republicans, the Democrats. Well, China's at fault for everything, of course. <laughs> See my, my point here? We're always blaming somebody. But the truth of the matter is, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Interesting. He's talking to his people. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to those that have their eyes open. And they still are into wicked ways. But if they turn from their wicked ways. And they seek my face and pray. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. Most of the problems, and one of the bishops that are part of my presbytery, um, Bishop Matera, he, he goes to many meetings throughout the world. And he finds that wherever, in a regional and a national level, the church gets together and repents and seeks God, ultimately revival comes to their land. He's been to places in Africa where literally the president repents. And he has his entire cabinet going before God and fasting and praying. And there's a shift and there's revival. 
And the other day I met a couple of African ministers who, I think it was Uganda, they lived through the Ugandan problem with Idi Amin and these other crazy, insane leaders. And they were talking how they were going to churches, take out Christians and, and just shoot them right there and then, and then drag them in cars for many years. So there was so much pain that the national church got together. They all got together and started fasting and praying and seeking God. Idi Amin was taken away. All the other corrupt guys were taken away. And now there's revival in that place. But it took God's people to stop bickering and fighting and, well, we're not part of that. We're this. We're that. We're, we're a Cephas. We're of Paul. You know, 1 Corinthians 3, where we're divided. Oh, God's looking for unity. And God's looking for the church to take their place. But what can we do? We're, we're a small group in the midst of such a large nation. Oh, well, we could do our part. We could start praying. We could start, first and foremost, we can start taking responsibility for ourselves, for what we can do. Uh, two people said, right, everybody else, well, what about her? Well, what about him? <laughs> That's what we normally do. But I'm going to let you know we've reached the saturation point. There's no going back. This is a nation right now that's trending toward austerity, toward difficulty, toward making all forms of sin legal and making all forms of righteousness illegal. Right now, one of the governors... Um, I saw them on TV, and these are not, none of these are Christian programs. And they were discussing why he, as a governor, is refusing to call the tree a Christmas tree. He calls it a holiday tree. Why? Because, well, we can't we'll put one, one religion up and then the other one down. We can't do that. You know, we offend people. Yeah, but this is Christmas. It's a government holiday. It's government holiday. Well, no, they're even fighting against that. They want to get rid of it. Anything Christian, they want to get rid of it now. More and more people are crying out. Just the other day, a store, actually yesterday, we heard this on the news. One person went to a store and they had a Christmas display. Isn't it the season of Christmas? Isn't this a government mandated holiday? Well, they, they set it up with the tree and a couple of different things. And one person comes in, oh, this is, this is offensive because I'm not Christian. So this is offensive to me. They put it down for that one person. Meanwhile, all the people in the store that worked there, they enjoyed it. They put it together. They had to all take it down. That's where it's getting. That's where we are heading. That's where this nation is trending. And make no mistake about it, you're going to see that more and more and more. Because it's a spiritual battle. They don't even know why they're doing it. Why is there such anger? Because we're in a spiritual battle. So we individually have to allow God to open up our eyes and we have to voluntarily shift into a place of brokenness. What do I mean by brokenness? Brokenness is when voluntarily you go before God and you cry out to God, Oh God, I love you and I praise you, but my heart is broken for the things that are happening. My heart is broken for souls. My heart is broken for the things that break your heart. Yes. So, almighty God, I pray for healing. I pray that you heal my city, heal my, um, my workplace, heal my family. Start at your level and do it voluntarily. Because we'll either do it voluntarily or during the time of deep austerity, we'll cry out. Problem is most people cry out for the fish and the loaves. When they take the fish and the loaves away, they'll cry out. But let's, out, let's cry out because we have the heart of God. Yes. Let's voluntarily self-introspect. Are you really seeking after God? Are you passionate for Almighty God? How about you take a, a time to voluntarily take responsibility? We can take responsibility for ourselves anytime we want. It's just a matter of making that decision. Problem is we won't make the decision. A person can stop smoking any time they want. 
A person can shift their lifestyle and start exercising any time they want. But why don't we do it? Because our habits are so deeply embedded in us that it's painful. Our flesh will fight every step of the way for us to shift. So God sees and God says, okay, so you, you will give your flesh the comfort it wants. It's spoiled. Our flesh is spoiled. It really is. It always is. So you, that's more important to you? Okay, fine. Everything will continue shifting until it hits your back, back, uh, your back door. It'll knock on your back. Okay, I'm here. Well, I'm not ready for you. Well, I'm here. I don't care. It's going to come. But if we shift now, we'll be ready for when the time hits. Not only will we be ready, we'll already be hearing from God. And we'll, we will already have shifted and we will know what to do. And during times of austerity, times of difficulty, you can see throughout the scripture how God gave wisdom to his men servants and his women servants and they always thrived during those times. God always showed them where the, the, where the fresh water was. God always showed them where the provision was. God always showed them where the deliverance was. There were times where enemies were coming against God's people and God showed them that the people were on their way. Maybe there's an enemy coming against you and you're not even aware of it. But God wants to talk to you. God wants to let you know. My son, you need to pray about this. My daughter, you need to shift in this area. Hallelujah. My son, you need to, uh, you, you need to um, command that this situation stop. See, because nothing happens unless there's prayer, unless there's intercession. And informed intercession will always shift the atmosphere. And I want to shift the atmosphere. See, God never promised us a Christian nation. God promised us an atmosphere that wherever we are, wherever we are, things will happen. People will be saved, healed, set free. God will supernaturally give us provision. Hallelujah. But now let's take it to the higher level. We're part of a body. We're part of a body. And this body is the answer to the nation. We've shifted. And in every time of shifting, remember... There's always a time of difficulty that, that goes with it. When God's people cried out in the Old Testament during Moses' time, just before Moses was born, they were crying out to God as a nation, Oh, God, deliver us. So what does God do? He shifts the atmosphere, sends in a Moses. What happened when Moses showed up? It agitated the spirit realm, and the new Pharaoh that had come in and was mistreating his people suddenly said, well, you know, isn't there a prophecy that, 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 that something's going to happen and a deliverer is going to come out of them? So you know what they started to do? They started looking for Moses as an infant and they started killing off all the firstborn. But the parents shifted in time and what they did is that they shifted Moses in a way where he was protected from that. And they helped to position him by sending him over to one of Pharaoh's daughters. And watch this. While Moses was going down the pond, Moses' sister was there watching, 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 and make sure that he entered into his new season. And that's what we do in prayer. We watch. Watch and pray. So we're watching our future. We're watching our children's destiny. We're watching in prayer. We're not helpless. We have great power. We are anointed. We are his ambassadors. You see my point? But he's got us to a place where we're somnambulant. That's the word of the week, all right? Somnambulant. It's almost like we're in a stupor. We're, we're, we're halfway sleeping. The, the world now is coining this whole move of people just walking around. The zombies. 
They're calling us zombies. Like the walking dead. Because they realize we're not thinking anymore. We're allowing other things. The yeah. downside of all of these games, the Dungeons and Dragons and the 360s, is that they have everything mapped out for you. All you need to do is sit down and go left, right, right three times, switch, left, front, pan, tung, 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 tung. Okay, got it. <laughs> Did that give you a raise? No. You, you, literally, your brain goes into a little box and it stays there. You live an entire life in that little thing. See, and they're teaching us to do that, teaching us. So we're in a place where we're somnambulant. But what happens? Other families didn't know what was going on. So other families lost their future. They lost their investment. They lost their children to a future. But Moses and his family did not. They received their future. Amen? So say to your neighbor, neighbor, it's time to watch and pray. Don't let, don't let a, a, a leadership, don't let a government or a system, uh, it's not just the government, it's a system, it's a spiritual system yes. that is coming against Christianity on a global scale. Right. Don't let that neutralize your future and your destiny. Yes. Don't let it neutralize your call. Don't let it neutralize your anointing, because you are anointed. We must not, not, and I repeat, we must not get stuck in a past season. Forgive and move on. It's time to forgive and move on. I'm going to say it again. It's time to forgive and move on. If you don't forgive in the season now, you'll get stuck with disillusion and resignation. It can set in and it can paralyze you for a future season. Forgive others and forgive yourself. Yes, you made mistakes. But you know something? Moses made mistakes. And yet he still became a great deliverer. So it's not the mistake that messes you up. It's you getting stuck in your past that can mess you up. He moved on. So say to your neighbor, it's time to move on. In this season, you must release the warrior in you. There is such a thing as the fear of warfare, basically. The fear of warfare. Some people are afraid to fight. And you're afraid to fight because of a past season, a past defeat, or maybe a lack of understanding of who you are. You are a warrior in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's time to, get f- to, to fight. Fight against murmuring. Fight against unmet expectations. I'm not, I don't care what happened in the past season. I'm moving on with God. I'm going to pray and make declarations that are going to open up my better future. Amen. And I need to be active, not just for me, but I need to be active for you, for you, for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. I need to be active for those we're going to meet when we get to that new neighborhood. Praise God. There are people that are waiting for you. There are people that are waiting for your anointing. This is a season of spiritual warfare. Joshua and Caleb, they found their place. They didn't sit by idly. When all the people started saying, we can't do it, we can't do it. What did they do? He says, yes, the Lord said we can do it. Moses, our leader, said we can do it. So let's enter in. But you know, they were, they were outnumbered by the whole group. But you know what happened? Forty years later, all of that group that said they, they can't, didn't get in. Joshua and Caleb, however, did get in and they received their inheritance but here's what happened because of all the people that refused to believe God move on with God and hear God and obey God they had to wait a season until all of them were done away with so what happens is some of the unbelieving folk make our journey into a fight because we have to continue to stay focused no I know what God told me I know where I'm going I'm not going to back up hallelujah amen Another thing is they were connected to their source. Say, say to your neighbor, they were connected. They were connected. 
They were connected to their source. The anointing flows from the source. Your anointing would only function if you're connected. Um, question, are we showing this message via internet? Audio. Audio? Okay. Why can't we show it by video? Right now, yes. Exactly. I knew the answer. I'm just, I want to make a point. We're only as effective in terms of sharing our message to the degree that we're connected to the source. The anointing cannot work if you're not connected because the author of the anointing, the source of the anointing, is there all the time sharing it. It's like a fresh river of water flowing constantly. To the degree that we're connected, that flow will come. The word of the Lord will come. The joy of the Lord will come. The power of God will come. The healing will come. But our connectivity, once again, it's vital. And they were connected. Any branch that is not connected to the vine cannot survive. Say to your neighbor, we all have weaknesses. We all have challenges. Everyone has them. Romans 3.23, all have sinned. But God knows that we are, in, how can I say, incomplete. So he gives us our brother. He gives us our sister. He connects us to a body. God permits, and he's doing it in this season, he permits our weaknesses to be exposed so we could deal with them now. So say to your neighbor, deal with them now. While they're still little. Because once they mature, to get rid of them is a lot harder. See, another thing that happens is that the enemy will always identify your weakness and he will always assign an enemy against you. Remember Samson? You could not beat Samson. That was the man. Everybody respected and feared Samson. So who do they send? After further investigation, they looked, they looked, and looked, and they saw that his weakness... You said it. So they send a gorgeous woman called Delilah. And she was able to get in there with no problem. Huh? With the lies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, so the enemy always looks at your weakness and he tries to exploit you at the point of your weakness. That's why you need to deal with that. You need to close those doors in this day because that's exactly what he's doing now. And that's... The challenge we have on a personal level on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. When we're all alone, the enemy trying and, and he's sifting you and he's trying to get the door so he can access your heart. And the problem is that our weakness, if we don't deal with it, it could separate us from the best people. It could separate us from the right people. It could separate us from the anointing. It could separate us from opportunities. Hallelujah. So the best time to deal with weaknesses, when is it? Now. When is it? Now. When is it? Now. We deal with it now. God is talking to us now because he's saying when the season comes, you're going to be strong, mature warriors. They're going, going to be able to go into a place and say, nope, this is not happening here. In the name of Jesus, we cancel that. Amen. And he'll have to listen. The enemy will have to listen. Why? Because you're ready. Why? Because you're hearing from God. Hallelujah. Right. We cannot confront or control or change anything that we are unwilling to confront. So confront it now. Because God wants to work through you. Say to your neighbor, He wants to work through you. You see, 
the anointing, if you look at Exodus chapter 30, verse 22 on, talks about the anointing, the recipe. In the anointing, there were five things. There was uh, something sweet, there was something bitter, something medicinal, uh, there was also something fragrant. And then they would take those ingredients and put them inside olive oil. That's who we are. We are, each and every one of us, we all have something sweet in us. We all have something bitter in us. We all have something medicinal. God will work with us and through us to heal others. We also have something fragrant inside of us. And then it's dipped in the olive oil or in the anointing oil. And it's variable. Have you ever ate Spanish food? Yep. Anybody here has ever eaten Spanish food? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet, there are, other, there are other nationalities that use similar herbs, but they'll add another herb, and it changes the taste. It's still good. It's just different. And that's who you are. And God wants to tell his people, and I want to get your attention just for, I'm, I'm landing this plane now. You were made different on purpose. The anointing in you will always manifest itself different. You have to stop thinking that one day you're going to mature and you're going to preach just like him or sing just like her or minister just like them. No, you're going to be a hybrid. You're going to be different. The anointing in you, the herbs and the spices that God puts in you, and then he dips you in his oil. What comes out is always different. It's always special. It's always unique. And it's always powerful. Hallelujah. So I've stopped thinking that I have to be like him, that I have to be like her. And in the year 2013, I have something to add. In the year 2013, you have something to add. God has a word for you and a word through you in the year 2013. God has a ministry That's unique to you. Your character, your nature. See, your character and the way you are, that's God's gift to you. Don't don't look at it as a curse. It's, 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 It's a gift to you. And that gift, you take it and you give it to others. I don't want you to change in terms of who you are at your root. I want you to remain the same way. Just make sure you grow in God and mature in God. So what comes out will be pure. It will be just. It will be holy. Amen? Philippians 2, 12, we're going to read to 15, and with, this is the last verse I'm going to share. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Amen. Do everything without grumbling, without arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Notice he says a warped and crooked generation. Yet we can be pure and blameless. Then you will shine among them as stars in the sky. It's time to shine, people. I'm going to say it again. It's time to shine. Amen. I, I praise God when I have a lot, and I praise God when I have a little. I praise God when it goes my way, and I praise God when it doesn't go my way. You know why? God is with me, and He's leading me, and and the the atmosphere that He gives me, and and the faith that I walk in, which is also a gift from Him, amen, and I cultivate it as best as I can. I can walk into a place 
regardless, regardless of whether it's Christian America or Babylon. Some of the greatest ministries were in Babylon. <laughs> what do you mean, Pastor? Well, what about Daniel? Daniel was a man of God. Daniel heard from God. Actually, if he didn't hear from God, they would have cut his head off. What about, what about Joseph? Joseph was a man of God. Uh, Egypt. Godless Egypt or, or um, polytheistic Egypt. Yet he was a man of God in polytheistic Egypt. If you wouldn't have heard of God, you would have died an old man in prison. Yeah, that, that's another thing. He, might, he went to prison because of uh, doing the right thing, though. Yeah. So in the coming days, you might do the right thing, and they might, lie, they might criticize you for it. Mm -hmm. You might do the right thing, you might get fired. But guess what? Hey, that doesn't take God by surprise. Sometimes he says, okay, your season has ended here because I'm about ready to open up something else. I'm going to walk into this season with boldness. I'm going to walk into the season with joy. I'm going to walk into the season with a spirit of expectation. And my faith is that God has already seen it. He's, he already knows about it. And he's already fashioning, not a door to get me out, but to take me through. And as he takes me through, I will be able to share my faith. As he takes me through, I will be able to minister to people. I will be able to cancel some demonic assignments that have some people bound. Amen. Because I know I'm protected, but I'm going in there for them. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not just about us. This preaching that we have heard in churches for so many years. You know, me, 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 me. No, no, no. It's not about me. It's about the body, and it's about those that don't know Almighty God yet. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for me, 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 me. He didn't need to die for himself. He died for you and for me.